Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. In this episode, I actually have a very special treat for you. It's my very first guest I've ever had on the podcast. And of all people, it's going to be my assistant, my most valuable employee, my actual only employee, Lisa Young. And Lisa Young is actually more than just my employee. She's somebody I've known for a number of years. And the reason I asked her to be on the show today is that she's going to offer you a very unique perspective of how to be the boss in that she did a lot of work as the boss of volunteers. And I'm going to ask her to share some of the techniques that she used to be able to get people to actually do what they were supposed to be doing when she didn't really have the power to pay them anything. I think you're going to find the conversation very useful, very helpful. And she has three important takeaways that I hope you take notes on. So without further ado, let's talk to my very special guest, Lisa Young. Well, hello, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mac. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is a real treat for me because even though I'm the boss builder, I'm actually a boss too. And Lisa is my one employee. And I hope she would tell you that I'm the best boss that ever walked the planet, but she might disagree with that. The reason I really wanted her to come and spend some time with us today is because she doesn't, she's not always worked for me. She's actually done a number of different things. And I think for my listeners out there who struggle with this idea of being the boss, uh, we have a whole new twist for you because Lisa's specialty is being the boss of people who are volunteers. So Lisa, um, kind of take us back to where we first met when we both attended the same church. You were the, the leader of a volunteer team. Tell me what that was. Uh, my husband and I both led the hospitality team. So we had a group of probably 80 volunteers who greeted people every Sunday morning. We had four different teams and they were responsible for greeting, handing out bulletins, collecting and counting, offering money, um, all kinds of fun things like that. And, and that also filling up communion cups, if I remember right. Filling up communion cups, cutting communion bread, yes. And making yeah, sure that we were stocked with all of that. This is well, you were actually my boss for a while then. I was, yes. You were a good employee. <laughs> well, that that led then, Lisa. You did that for a number of years, and then you eventually stepped away from that. And then, where I got to know you a little bit better was uh, you asked me to come and speak for a group. You call it your Mops group. Tell us about that. Right, that's our Mothers of Preschoolers group. I was the coordinator for that for about two years. Um, that was twice a, a, a month. Moms got together and just talked and learned how to be a better mom. We always had different guest speakers, and you were one of our speakers, just to learn about our personalities and how we could use our personalities to become better moms. And you were one of the, the popular speakers. People still talk about you. Oh, well, good. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> well, what's interesting about that is shortly after I did that talk, uh, my family and I, we, we actually moved out of the Maryland area to where we live in Tennessee. And shortly after we moved here, my assistant... Uh, decided that she was going to take on more responsibilities with her other job. And so it left me without an assistant. And that's when I reached back out to Lisa and I said, Hey, I'm looking for a virtual assistant. 
And I was wondering if any of the MOPS group, maybe some of the, the moms in your MOPS group might be interested in working some hours with me. And Lisa says, fine, but how about me? And I thought, well, yeah, that would be great. After all, I had already seen you in action. And what I saw from you was you got stuff done and you were very organized. And maybe most importantly, you were organizing and running things when people were not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And so, let's see, you've been working with me for how long, Lisa? Uh, I think we're three and a half years. Three almost. and a half years. And while you were working with me those three and a half years, you also had another job. Tell us about that job. Yes. I uh, Right before I took uh, on your responsibilities, I was asked to come work for the church. I have been asked numerous times to work for the church, and I've always turned them down. Uh, just because the, it wasn't the right fit for me. But this last time when they offered me the position, I thought this is a really good fit for me because it was more in the beginning, it was more filling supplies and doing things behind the scenes, which is what I love to do. And then it evolved and the person who hired me left. And then I became like the volunteer coordinator of our children's ministry. So I had about 160 volunteers that I coordinated on Sunday mornings. Uh, we need at least 25 to 30 people every Sunday at both services. So 50 people on Sunday morning and just trying to make sure we're fully staffed. So that was the bulk of my job with that and training and making sure supplies were there and giving people training on how to deal with children, which was definitely not my expertise. I'm much more better at organizing people. So that's what I did while, and then you came along and I got to start working for you too. So I had both jobs. That's right. And from what I remember is you were, you were always very busy. It seemed like the job at the church wasn't just a Sunday morning thing. It seemed like it would be sort of uh, almost like you were on call. And I think too, and this is the one thing that I'm really kind of excited about is that you're not doing the, uh, what was the creative arts camp? Cause I knew for that week that Lisa was <laughs> pretty much going to be out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you're not missing putting that together, are you? Um, this year, I'm actually still part of creative arts, mainly because my son wanted to be part of it. And okay. the only way I could ensure that he would get in because it's such a popular program, um, if there's a lottery for it now. And the only way I knew he would get in is if I actually volunteered. But my role is so small this year, it is not going to interfere with you, I promise. <laughs> Okay, well, that's good, because you'd be the first person to ever be fired live on a podcast. (laughs) Well, there's something else, too, that you do, Lisa, and that is the uh, Clarksburg 5K. You're involved in quite a bit of work with that, too, aren't you? Yes, that's also, it's through a church, but it's mainly for my husband, because um, he needs lots of organizational help. And for that, I, I started out just organizing the volunteers. That takes about 100 volunteers in many, many different roles to run the 5K. Um, But after a few years, I started taking on more and more. I make sure the money is handled properly and distributed the right way. I make sure we have supplies. I get everything ready. I do an awful lot for the 5K, but that's once a year and it's a lot of fun. It's a great community event. But again, it's organizing people. Okay. Well, I want to talk more about the organizing of people in just a moment, but I want to let my listeners know too that you probably end up talking to Lisa more than you do me. Lisa has been just a, a very important part of, of growth for us over the last couple of years. You know, one of the things that I always talk to my groups about, the managers, is that if they can get employees to actually treat the company like it's their very own business, they will be 
far more dedicated. And that's the one thing I've seen with Lisa. Her responsibilities are, you know, for the most part, handling the travel stuff. I do a lot of travel. And so she coordinates all that. But it's also the marketing and it's calling prospects. And it's when I come back to an event with business cards, she picks up the phone and calls and gets these people on the calendar. And she'll probably attest to this. I'm pretty disorganized and I kind of am lured in by shiny things. But there was an incident that happened at the Tennessee State Sherm. This was uh, about, what, about 10 months ago, eight months ago. And Mm -hmm. she was actually talking to my wife. And and my wife's pet peeve is the fact that I can't really ever settle on one company name. And I had a feeling they were talking about that. And so we sit down at the booth. And the first thing Lisa says is, when are we going to just finally pick a name and just go with it? (laughs) Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, I just settle on one. And so I think at the time we were, we, our, our parent company is Hired Guns Consulting, which was another one of my major marketing blunders because that tends to turn off anybody in the finance industry, even though as a consultant, that's what I am. But, you know, we, we were, I think, operating under Mac Worldwide. And, and my whole idea was to scale. So, you know, I said, we have Boss Builders and Mac Worldwide. She says, let's do Boss Builders. And so that's that's been it. But, mm-hmm. you know, what I want you to see if you're listening to this is that if you can find employees who treat your department like it's their own department, uh, you are truly, you are blessed. You really are. And so Lisa has been all that for me. And, you know, my goal at some point is that, you know, she can just work full time and then have her own staff of people and we grow that big. But the biggest reason I wanted you to come on the show is to help the people that listen, who manage people, sometimes numbers not even near what you had to do. How in the world do you get people to follow directions to get the job done when, number one, they're volunteers, and number two, you have nothing you can really do to incentivize them? And I'm not even quite sure you could punish them. So, Lisa, talk about what that looks like. Maybe share some of the some of the challenges that you ran into and how you overcame them, because I'm sure I got an audience that's waiting for some sort of magic tool or technique to come in. And I'm pretty convinced you have something that would be useful to share. (laughs) I don't know if there are any magic tools or tricks. I I think the biggest thing is having a relationship with people. At least that's what works for me. I would check in with people from time to time and just sit down with them over coffee and say, hey, how are things going? What's How can we help you? How can we do things with you? But the biggest challenge when dealing with volunteers is like what you said, they don't get paid for this. And there, there is no incentive at all, except they're, they're just their desire to want to help other people. And I think everybody has that desire. So just trying to capture in on that um, is very, very important. Um, there were times, though, when I would schedule people and, you know, s- Sunday morning comes every week. And so Saturday night I would be out with friends doing something because that's what you do on a Saturday night. And I would get a text saying, I can't come in tomorrow. I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you I'm out of town. And that would just be so frustrating. But rather than than get angry at them, you know, we all have lives and just try to remember we all have lives. And I would just say, okay, thanks for letting me know. And then I would try to fill that position because that's what I had to do because we needed somebody there. But I just think because I knew so many of the people so well and what their lives were like, it was okay for me to just let it go and say, I'll fill this for you because I care about you and I know what's happening. You know, we always, twice a year, we tried to give like just little gifts to say thank you. And I remember handing them out to people and people laughing, saying, you don't have to do this. And I just would look at them and say, you don't have to be here every week, but you are. And we really appreciate it. And we can't do more than this, but thank you so much. Just saying that 
the act of saying thank you means a lot because people don't have to be there. People don't have to come to work if they don't want to. They can go somewhere else and do it somewhere else. So just acknowledging people um, for their contributions is also very helpful. Providing training for them, getting together with other people who are in the same Well, for us, it was people in the same class. We would have second and third grade teachers, fourth and fifth grade teachers, and we would get them all together so they could share ideas with one another. We're not meant to live like islands. We're meant to be together. And the more you can get people together to collaborate, I think that's also very helpful. Like I said, there's no magic pill. It's just taking care of people to the best of your ability. And it's not easy. There are times when it's very, very difficult and you have to get in the trenches with people and be ugly with them. But in the end, it works really well because we did not have a very big turnover in in our children's ministry, which is amazing because children's ministry burns people out very quickly. And we've had people in that ministry for over 10 or 15 years who genuinely love the children and love what they do. And I know people have that in, in their companies. It's just trying to find the right way to motivate people. And everybody's different. Well, you know, I guess the question I would have if I was a listener is, when am I supposed to find the time to build relationships and show appreciation and allow people time to collaborate? Uh, church is church. And it's, nobody's going to complain if you come in late for service. How would you see a, a manager in a busy operation being able to do those three things? Because they sound like they're three formulas that really lead to success. Right. When I was working full time, I worked for a law firm for many, many years. And one of the things that our director would do is just have regular monthly manager meetings. They would bring in lunch and they would just all the different managers from the different departments would just talk about what they did together what was coming up. It was an hour out of the month. And I know that sounds like a lot for some people, but it was an hour. And I know that that director is no longer with that firm anymore. And the manager meetings aren't happening. So people don't know what's going on in each department. And I feel like there's becoming a disconnect in those departments now because they don't have that that short amount of time together. So I think one of the things you have to do is make the time. I know we're all busy, but when you make the time together to be together, it it helps somehow. If In the beginning, it feels like it's just very frustrating and we don't have time for this, but you don't have time to train a new employee. You don't have time to train people to come in and and replace people who have such good background with your company. You need to take the time to develop the people you have now because it's much harder to train people. If you decide maybe take two or three people out to coffee, that's a half an hour. It's really not that long. It just seems like it. But when you start doing it, it's, it's not a lot of time. Well, it seems like it's investment that, that pays you back. Right. I'm just curious too, Lisa, did you ever run across situations where someone that volunteered for whether it was hospitality or the children's ministry or even the run was just a, a bad fit? <laughs> yes. Just tell them, hey, I, this ain't going to, how did, how did, how did you manage to do that? That's kind of the equivalent. How do you fire a volunteer? Yes. I, guess. Uh, I think in my time, I fired one volunteer. And right after I left the children's ministry, they had to fire another volunteer who I refused to fire. I just, I couldn't because I knew where her heart was, but it really wasn't a good fit. We, I, I just kindly told them, I really appreciate your help, but this does not seem like a good fit. There are so many other places in church where you can serve and I hope you find a better place. And we just parted ways very calmly. And that was it. It is never, ever an easy thing to do. But if you're not showing up for your your serving duty 
and I'm getting a phone call on Tuesday saying things were not put away because I just assumed that they were being taken care of. And then I would get a call on Tuesday morning. Oh, the coffee team didn't come and they didn't put the coffee away. Well, coffee has now been sitting out for two days. That is not acceptable. And that happened quite a few times. So we had, we just said, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. And we got a new team in there and it was great. So if, if people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you need to talk to them. And honestly, this this couple or this family that was um, we had to fire, they had been talked to three and four times and just said, hey, we really need you there. And they said, okay, we'll be there, we'll be there. And then they didn't show. So we just had to let them go. Well, I'm sure that didn't feel good. But I guess if you think of the church as a mm-hmm. business... I guess if it were, if the church was a business, I guess the CEO would probably be God. One one would think that people would show up to work ready to work, but I guess that probably it's isn't not always, always the case. case. And when the pastor would call you and say we had to clean it up, that was the hardest because my pastor works very hard and he does not need to clean up coffee. That is not his job. He's got other really good jobs to do, but not that one. But of course, I'm sure he doesn't complain. He, he just, just gets, gets it done. Thing. He's Which wonderful. You've been pretty fortunately, so you've had some pretty good bosses in your I have some, yes. When I hear your stories, I don't know where you find these people that you've worked with or worked for, but I truly have been blessed. Um, Even in one of my hardest jobs as a legal secretary in a law firm, I worked for the founding partner of a law firm and he was difficult. He went through assistance until I was there for, I think, 13 years and it was, he was difficult, but I learned so much. Most of what I do now is because I learned from him. And, and I think as an employee, you need to learn from one another. You need to learn from your boss and take ownership because if you look good to make your company look good, then everybody is going to be happy. I just think it's important to make sure that you're doing the best job that you can. Easier said than done, but certainly a goal. I think all of us aspire to. That's that's helpful and very mm-hmm. powerful. Well, Lisa, I absolutely appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, I'll just say publicly that I am grateful that you work with me. Uh, there's absolutely no way we could do the things we're doing now if I did not have you there. And, and one, one little story I'll share, and this is a, a message to anybody out there who's the boss, is, and this is a, a mutual friend of ours, does this is kind of her standard line, sitting in curiosity. But I was flying to Connecticut, and Lisa knows I'm up there all the time. So I, I got off the plane at Bradley Airport, and as I'm walking to the rental car place, I, I realized, you know, I didn't get a, a message from Hilton that it's time to check in. And so as I'm walking out, I look at my phone, I'm like, oh, I've gone that Lisa. She forgot to book me Uh-oh. a hotel. <laughs> and I almost picked up the phone, and I thought, wait a minute. And I thought, oh, crap. I booked this trip myself because she was on vacation or something. I had to do this <laughs> one. So, so I will tell you, I've never, ever ever been let down by Lisa. And I'll tell you, as, as a boss, you you have great people that, that work with you. You are a very fortunate person and I am there. So Lisa, thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for the great advice you gave to our audience. And uh, if anybody would ever like to reach out to you, I'm not going to give you, give them your information because I don't want anybody to steal you from me. I'm going to be very selfish that way. But I appreciate you coming on the show, and hopefully this was something that all of you are from. Thank you so much, Lisa. And we'll Sounds you good. Later. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks again to my special guest, Lisa Young, and hopefully you took some really good material from that interview, namely those really three important things that you need to do if you want to make sure your employees 
are going to get their job done. You know, one thing we do offer at Boss Builders is our Boss Builder Academy. If you are new to the role of being the boss and you have absolutely no training, we would strongly encourage you to check out our Boss Builder Academy. You can read more about that at thebossbuilders.com. And we would love to have you as part of our program. So until next time, get out there and be the absolute best boss you can possibly be. We are in your corner. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.